0: Hello and thanks for the privilege of your company for another Bible teaching session here on Search for Truth. Delighted to have you with us. And today our Bible teacher Brian brings us the final talk in this Who Am I series of studies. If you've been following this series you'll know that we've been considering from Scripture how we're seen from God's viewpoint and we're helping ourselves to appreciate more fully what the Bible teaches about us and how God regards us. Brian also highlights some of the marvellous opportunities that the scriptures make available to us. But today's talk's called Eternally Loved, and here's Brian to tell us more.
1: Thanks, John. A man had been driving all day and night in his car and had become very tired. He was sensible. He decided to stop at the side of the road, park up his car and go to sleep in it. As he fell asleep, an early morning jogger came by and knocked on his window, so he rolled it down. The jogger asked him, Could you tell me the time, please? Bleary-eyed, the driver looked at his watch and said, Yes, it's five o'clock in the morning. He'd just closed his eyes again and started sleeping once more when another jogger came by, knocked on the window and asked, Could you tell me the time? Still bleary-eyed, the man looked at his watch again and said, Yes, it's 5.30am. At this rate, It seemed pretty obvious he wasn't going to get much rest, so he came up with an idea. He wrote a short note and stuck it on the side of his car so the MD running by could see it. It said, I do not know what time it is. Just a few minutes later, another jogger came along, and would you believe it, he knocked on his window. For the third time, the driver rolled it down, only to hear the jogger say, Mr, I saw your sign, and I just wanted to let you know that it's six o'clock. You can write across the window of your life, I do not have any time for trouble. But of this you can be sure, trouble is going to come knocking just the same. In which case, it really is time for a verse from the Apostle Paul. A few verses, in fact, they're found in Paul's Bible letter to the Romans, that is, to the first century Christian believers who were located at Rome in a local church of God there. This is for many a favourite chapter of the Bible. The Bible. Let's enjoy a section of it from verse 28 until the end. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it's written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. For in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Bible teacher John Stott once pointed out, helpfully I think, that there are really five unshakable convictions in the first verse we read, which was verse 28. Let's hear it again, just that one verse. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. True enough, the very first thing we can observe is that it starts by Paul saying, we know. I want us now to explore the five things, according to Paul, which we can know about troubles and difficulties when they intrude into our lives. But first of all, let's be clear that we're talking about knowing not understanding. On the basis of what the Bible shares with us in this great verse, we can know five things. We can have these unshakable convictions about what's happening to us when we encounter trouble and all of a sudden life hurts. And we're going to get to grips with them in a moment, starting with the first of them. But I really need to emphasise that this kind of knowing is about a certain perspective we can have on the various difficulties of life. But it's not an explanation of why these specific things are happening to us. We may not understand any of the details of God's plan in permitting trouble into our lives. Job, who surely suffered more than anyone else in the whole of the Old Testament, never got to discover the reason why all the evils he suffered started piling up on him. We, the readers, in the comfort of our armchair, as we read the Bible, we're let in on the secret, but he never was as far as we're made aware. He simply learned to trust in God in the humbling appreciation of glimpsing by how much God's wisdom exceeded his own. So having clarified that, let's see what we really can know about what's happening when life hurts based on God's revelation to us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. The first thing we learn is God is at work in our lives. When we read, God causes all things to work together we should recognise that God is the active subject of the verb. It's God who causes the things to work together. In reality then, he's the one at work, in our lives, throughout all the troubles we're facing. Unpleasant, as they doubtless are. It might feel as if God has turned his back on us and abandoned us. But feelings are very different from faith. This verse teaches us to believe and so to know that God is working out his purpose in our life even at that difficult time. Which brings us to the second of the five truths in this verse. The first was that God is at work in us, and the second is that God is at work in us in all things, not just in the good times, but also and perhaps more so in the bad times, the times when bad things happen to us. The author C.S. Lewis put it slightly differently. He said God whispers to us in our pleasures and shouts to us in our pain, pain being his megaphone. Physical pain is a means by which our body warns us against things that can damage us, such as a child learning not to play with fire. To use another analogy, in times of drought, trees grow deeper roots in search of water. Later, This experience brings with it the reward of greater stability through a better developed root structure extending throughout the soil. The bad time of drought actually left the tree better equipped to face future storms. Having explored briefly how God can work out his purpose in our lives in the bad times as well as in the good, and perhaps even more so in those tough experiences, let's hear what the Apostle James has to say on this same point in James 1 verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But we must move on. We've covered two of the five unshakable convictions hidden like treasure in Romans 8 and verse 28. So far, we've seen that God is at work in us at all times. The third point begins to deal with God's intention in allowing his child to pass through such trouble. The verse states that it is for the good, that is, for our longer term and future good. We're not expected to fool ourselves into thinking that the present trouble through which we're passing is really a good thing in itself after all. No, that would be to part company with reality. Trials are, by definition, not pleasant and so not enjoyable. But as James was saying a moment ago in what he wrote in James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4, we can, by God's grace, through faith in his word, come to regard the present difficulty as a dreaded friend or even as a glorious intruder, to quote two Christians I've met who've passed through life-changing illnesses or accidents. Perhaps the analogy here is the tough time we have at the dentist, but it's finally worth it when we are left free of toothache as a result. In the same way, we can pass through challenging, growing pains in Christian life as we develop more of the character God desires to see in us and later we may look back and even be satisfied. The fourth truth is a vital reminder. It reminds us that God truly loves us and will not cause his child needless pain. This is where we learn that God is at work in us in all things for the good of those who love him. This is a necessary limitation Verse 28 of Romans 8, from which we're bringing out this teaching, only applies to God's children, to those who've put their faith in Christ and so become his own. Finally, we learn our fifth truth, that the God who works in us, in all things, for our good, that is the good of those who love him, is the God who called us at the beginning when we first responded to the Christian good news message and who is continuing to shape us according to his ongoing purpose in us everything that happens to us is purposeful if we submit to God's plan and that ongoing purpose is shared in the very next verse of Romans 8 that's verse 29 but let's read it together with verse 28 with which we've been concentrating on so far and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Clearly, it's God's purpose that we should become like his Son, Jesus. That's our destiny. All believers in the world to come will be perfectly like Christ. But God takes great delight in shaping our lives down here to reflect more and more the character of the one who entered into his glories by the pathway of sufferings. And when we go through troubles... Let's not deny God's love to us as his people have at times. But let's say with Paul, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
0: ask is it well with your soul whatever happens in life are you sure of your eternal security i do hope so And if you'd like to send for the booklet which is the transcript of this series of talks it's available free of charge if you'd like one or more for group study or to pass on to a friend make sure to let us have your postal address and ask for the title who am i here's our postal and email address search for truth church of god downing drive Leicester LE56LN United Kingdom. And now here's our email address sft at churchesofgod.info Now as I've said you can also download audio versions of some past programmes if you go to www.searchfortruth.org.uk This is our church website where you can also access uh, helpful material. Uh, some titles of Search for Truth booklets are also available at Amazon. You go to amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle ebooks and type Search for Truth series into the search box, and then you'll find a growing list of transcript books from previous programs is available there. Now, we very much enjoyed the privilege of your company today, and we do appreciate your interest in these programs. Now Brian begins a new series of talks next week, God willing, so please join us if you can, but until then it's very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, from studio technician David, our uh, singers and me John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you.